0: Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi today. We're going to be learning together Vayeshev Sheni, the second Aliyah in Pashas Vayeshev. Our Aliyah is on the topic of the fateful trip to Shechem and it runs from a Bereishah's Perek Lamed Zion, Pasuk Yud Bez to Chaf Bez. That is 11 Psukim. Let's take a look at the general overview and then some points to ponder. We hear that now the, the brothers of Yosef are going down to Shem. They're going to find pasture there for their sheep. And ya- Yaakov, or Yisrael, turns to Yosef and says to him, I'd like to send you to, uh, to see the, your brothers down in Shem. Go see the peace of your brothers in, in Shem. And they're the peace of the, of the flocks. And Yosef responds, Hineni, I'm going to do this. He sends him from the Valley of Hebron, and off he goes to Shechem. Um, in the meantime, as he, uh, he is going, he is found, or he finds a, a man in a field, and he's, Yosef is, is, is lost. Yosef has, does not know which way to go, and, he, and uh, he says, the man asks Yosef, what are you looking for? He says, I'm looking for my brothers. Would you know where they're, they're uh, shepherding? And he says, well, I heard that they said, let's go to Dotan." Um, because uh, they, they left this area So that's what happens If he goes He goes and starts following him, And they see him from a distance And they start planning To try to kill him So they say one to another Look he has this The dream is coming Let's kill him And throw him into a pit And we'll say to our father That a, uh, a wild animal ate him So Reuven hears this plan And uh, gets very distressed And says we shouldn't do that Rather he says Let's, let's throw him into a pit And we should, uh, he plans to save him Afterwards, don't kill him. So a few basic points to th- uh, ponder here is, first of all, what was Yaakov Avino thinking? Why was he sending Yosef into what is potentially a dangerous situation and not just potentially but in actuality it turned into a very dangerous situation? So one perspective that I think is, should be basic in uh, understanding is that never do you really resolve issues if you have an outside party artificially regulating a relationship. Meaning to say, if Yaakov is going to be the mediator, the regulator of this relationship, it's never going to get fixed. He realizes that the only way it can really get fixed is if they have alone time together, they speak to each other, they relate to each other, they communicate to each other directly. So Yaakov is trying to send out this message to have this relationship, to have this meeting with his brothers. And in fact, I think you see this in the words, is that that's why he mentions that the purpose of this trip is to see Shalom. He says that the word Shalom twice in this mission in a very short sentence, indicating that the whole point is he has to try to create Shalom in this way. As long as Yaakov is there overseeing it, there's not going to be real peace, there'll be obedience. He's trying to create a face-to-face encounter for there to be peace. Another question that's interesting to think about is that Hebron, which is where Yaakov is right now, is on a hill, It is not in a valley. So what does it mean, Emek Hebron, from the Valley of Hebron? Rashi comments on this and Rashi says that we know that Hebron is on a mountain. It's interesting that Rashi knows Hebron is on a mountain not because Rashi was there. Rashi never had the privilege of traveling to the land of Israel. But he knows it because Rashi understands Tanakh and he reads uh, in, in in B'amidbar It describes that um, that uh, Hebron is not in a valley. So what does it mean that it's described as a valley here? So Rashi com- equates the, the, the midrash which says that um, that it's coming from the At Amukah It's from the depth the depths of Chevron, underneath the ground, which is from the 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 bris the covenant between the parts, where Avramavin, who is buried there, was told that your children will be foreigners in a foreign land, and this is gonna start with this episode right here and that's what's actually going on here so although it may be that Yaakov has certain thoughts and Yosef has certain thoughts and the brothers have certain thoughts Hagosh Baruch has a plan which is unfolding over here as well which leads us to the next thing and that is who is this man that meets Yosef in the field and offers him directions seems very strange first of all just in a funny way it's you know since when do men ever ask for directions but on a more serious note is well, does Tanakh need to tell us like, you know, every st- you know, every stop he has that has a newsstand and then he went to the rest of it? Like, we need we need to know all these details. Why is this necessary? So the Midrash Rabbah, as Rashi quotes it, it is, is says that, uh, that over here, this is a, a ish, this refers to a, ma- a malach. This is a, Angel but She actually says it's the Malach Gabriel. He is making sure that Hashem's plan is going to be fulfilled. So even though Yosef perhaps would have given up or perhaps didn't know where to go, so this angel is there to help him find it as well. Um, and the, the Ramban sort of expands on this general theme, and he says that this whole episode is to is to teach us that as in the Ramban's words, Ki emes sheker, that Hashem's plan is always going to be, and all diligence or attempts to do something or be somewhere, are going to ultimately end up being false. So that's that, that's generally the idea of Yadakosh Baruch, who's telling us that he's by, hook or by crook, this is going to happen. Uh, Ibn Ezra takes a little bit of a different angle and he says that no, this is our derech pshat. He says, most basically, this was just any passerby, and he asked a passerby, and this person said, this is what's going on. I believe that's actually what the Ramban is saying himself. The Ramban actually was, uh, describes that this is a more derech. Shalomi data this is a, a person giving directions without his knowledge of giving directions what well, that's a, that that is part of the greater plan and I think that's really a very profound insight right Jonathan Sachs actually points out in his book The Great Partnership in the chapter called Darwin when looking at mechanisms in the world which seem to be haphazard which seems seems to be um, completely random random mutations random developments and he points out that the Jewish way of looking at things he's understanding that each of those steps are in fact coming from Akash Baruch he gives an example this could apply itself in many different ways he quotes The Wealth of Nations by Adam Smith one of the great formulators of understanding the market economy and uh, he points out a very interesting dichotomy, a very interesting um, um, paradox when it comes to the market and to quote it he, he says as follows as every individual therefore endeavors as much as he can both to employ his capital in the support of domestic industry and so to the di- di- the direct that industry that its produce may be the greatest value, every individual necessarily labors to render the annual rev- revenue of the society as great as he can. He generally, indeed, never intends to promote the public interest, nor knows how m- how he is promoting it. But By referencing the support of, dom- of domestic to that of the foreign industry, he intends only his own security, and by directing that industry in such a manner that it may produce His produce may be the greatest value. He intends only for his own gain, and he is in this, as in many other cases, led by an invisible hand to promote an end which, as no part, was no part of his own intention. So, what Adam Smith is saying is, if you look at a market economy, you have numerous people, multiple people all going for themselves all trying to get the best they can and yet in that selfishness in that self-centered vision the market itself succeeds and when one person succeeds the market succeeds and it trends upwards as well. He said it's guided by an invisible hand. what our was saying is that that model is over here you have a, Shiloka, a you have a, a person he's doing his thing is for whatever reasons he, he, he says hi to strangers whatever reason it is that he gives directions he's a nice person. But um, in the end of the day, HaKosh Baruch Hu's plan is unfolding through multiple millions of decisions, self-interested decisions, HaKosh Baruch Hu is interested Perhaps one can look at this other mechanism, survival of the fittest, um, where the same, the same idea also appears as well. Another perspective one could also think about over here is, is whose angel are you? Are you going to be the angel upon somebody else's derech? Are you going to be part of the divine plan as well? Another question you could ask is, how was it that they wanted to kill their brother I mean in the end of the day this is they may have had a, a spat there might have been a dispute but the murder and this is this is a very very serious um, a, 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 or terrible turn that's been t- taken over here so the sorata points out that they believed that Yosef was a roddeef he was in fact planned to kill them, they felt threatened by him because of his past actions and the way that he is, he had brought their their uh, th- their actions in a distorted or perhaps negative way back to their father. And they felt that his father would their father would curse them because of Yosef's new report that he was uh, that he was looking to make. They felt he was this biased reporter who was going to come in. They said, "Well, we can't stand that." If one sees that somebody's coming in with malintent, if there's a life-threatening situation, the Torah tells us that one one, one should proceed and and remove the threat. That's what they felt like over here. Rav Rivlin points out, Rav Rav, Rivlin in um, in his commentary on the Torah points out um, on on the swan that they also looked at the past and they noticed that generally speaking, there was only one child who was able to preserve the legacy of the parents and, uh, and the other ones were pushed out. Yishmael was sent to the desert with one one flask of water. It, it, they felt that they perhaps this was a zero-sum game, and they were going to be the ones who were going to be pushed out. They felt very threatened by Yosef as well. The Chomashanach points out, right, the Chida points out in his commentary on the Torah that um, that actually they looked to the future and, and they saw Yerovam ben Nevat, who was the the scion of the Mal- Malchus Ephraim, essentially who was going to take over, and his his policies led to two Egla Zav and a seceded kingdom, um, which which moved away from the union and uh, took most of Israel with it, um, enabling and promoting Avada They said, well, this is what's it's going to be in the future. For Yosef, it's better that we don't have that kind of terrible divide in our people as well. Finally, one last question is that it sounds strange. Reuven's suggestion is let's not kill him. Let's just throw him into a pit. And as we see, the Gomorrah Shabbos tells us that based on the uh, deal in the Pesukim, the way the Pesukim are read, the pit is, it may not be, have water in it, but it has scorpions and snakes, which sounds strange. So what the Uriven is saying is, let's not kill him, let's just throw him into a scorpion-infested pit. That, isn't that akin to killing him? So the Oracham HaKadosh says a remarkable thing, and that is that if we were to kill him now, if we were to act in a way that we were to kill him directly, we may interrupt HaKadosh Baruch's Hu's plan, Hashem's plan for this young man. But if we put him in a, in a, in a dangerous situation, and the only danger to him is a natural danger, Hashem will not allow his nature to go against his plan. So Hashem will not allow him to, to, to die if it's a case of, of uh, natural danger. But our danger, we could in fact destroy Hashem's plan, and therefore not know if this was in fact Hashem's plan for him to die or not. Which means that the Orachim is actually diverging from a predominant uh, mainstream Jewish thought, which is usually understood uh, based on the, the ideas of Yecheskel based on uh, Rav Sajagon expands this. Or uh, Rav Sajagon points out that that murder is the department of humans and death is the department of God, um, which means that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is in charge of the plan and human beings cannot change that plan. We're only we're only punished or culpable for our actions and attempts. Whereas the HaKadosh, Hakadosh seems to be saying that even the the end result can also be in the hands of humans. And so the 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 tension between Hashem's plan and human action is being tilted more towards human action in this particular way of looking at it according to Arachem Very famous and very um, controversial idea that Arachem is talking about over here. With this, we close. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.